speaking of laughing, you know, someone who hasn't probably laughed in quite a while is our good friend Paul. I have been in a war with the bugs, which is a humorless <laughs> affair. Oh my god, the fucking, the fucking only good bugs a dead bug, Paul. I'm feeling. <laughs> I, I, we have sprayed, we have bombed this house. Uh, <laughs> oh god. We, I, to, to those who don't know, which is everybody, but you two, the wall to our home has been invaded by bed bugs. Uh, they're in, and we let them bite. We let them bite. <laughs> we slept too tight. I've said this before, but I think it's very victim blamey that we say don't let the bed bugs bite. Like you're letting them do yeah. it. Like you're, 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 it's your fault. You were asking for it. I was on day three of bug battle, and I, or maybe it was even day one, and I was talking to you two, and I was like, I cannot believe that my <laughs> grandmother put me to bed so many times and said. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite with with utter humor. Like it was like a sweet thing to say. And what she really was doing was putting all of the blame on me if the bed bugs were to bite. <laughs> but the only thing I could think of um, is that that is like a prayer to God. I think like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God, with, with all of your infinite power, please stop these bugs from biting my children. God, we know that you don't have power over the bugs. Those were something that, that Satan made. You <laughs> didn't create. It's not in the Bible that God ever made bugs. So please hold back the evil forces. They were Satan's first allies, the bugs. He mm -hmm. fell from heaven and he fell into a pile of bugs. They lifted him up. Well, God God does borrow the bugs at one point. One of the plagues is locusts. He is like, hey, Satan, do me a solid. Can I borrow Yeah, he freelances them. I guess that yeah. is, that's post-Satan, isn't it? Yeah. Or is that pre-Satan? Uh, when did Satan happen? So I talked to some people much smarter than me, and I guess there is no canon start to Satan in the Bible. It's like a up for interpretation sort of thing. I don't know. Christianity is wild. What's what what? Where in the timeline does Satan fall? I, yeah, I'm I'm actually confused about that. When is well? Satan? Are you talking about New Fifty Two Satan or the pre pre Old Testament <laughs> Satan? Six one six Satan. Not too confused with Ultimate Universe Cause, Satan. Cause <laughs> Satan is already like freeze a level when New Fifty Two comes in. When it's yeah. when it's the, when it's the final four. That's basically Paradise Lost is the Satan reset. It is, yeah. So yeah, because Enoch's in Paradise Lost, right? It's the big, it's the big Superboy yeah. punch. Because <laughs> Satan's Satan's already tickling Jesus's toes in in the in the New Testament. He's coming in and being a little 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 bastard. I don't know when chronologically Satan like fucks off if that's like post or pre Garden of Eden. It has to be no, because it has to. Oh, be it has to be before. It's yeah, before the Bible, even. Yeah. And that's the beginning. Wait, why? Why does that have to be before? Because, because, of the because Eve is tempted by the apple. That Satan's apple. Are we sure snake. that's Satan a, or not just an... I guess I just for some reason thought that was another devil. I guess no, that is Satan. It's, it's yeah. Satan. It's Satan. What it, the fuck? Where's that story at? Where does that take place? He's already there in snake form. So the snake isn't Satan, I guess. But it it is. It's a, another up for interpretation thing. I guess like part of the fun of this whole Bible stuff is... You interpreting, interpreting, interpreting this stuff? I don't know. There's a prequel to the Bible that we don't know about? I bet you guys didn't expect us to talk about this book today. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we aren't talking about a book today. Surprise. No. Have you heard the good word of the trilogy? Uh, the, the holy trilogy. <laughs> the, the fortune, the strike, and the holy escape from Carlsville. <laughs> How about yeah, or, or, or the uh, the the strike, mm -hmm. the second the, the strike, mm -hmm. uh, the pig girl, 
the, the pig. And yeah. the plastic fruit. I loved Pig Girl. <laughs> you liked Pig Girl? I liked a lot about this. It was it was not boring, I'll tell you that much. I, I, I actually enjoyed quite a bit of this trilogy as well. Maybe I was in the right mind space for it, but I actually had a lot of fun. I guess we're talking about the book now. I guess I guess we're right <laughs> yeah, into Paul, it. Yeah, uh, Paul, I assume you'll be giving us constant updates on your war with the bugs. We didn't really, we said somehow went down uh, theology instead <laughs> of... Uh, zoology all i ever wanted to talk about with the bugs was that yeah. was that rhyme was that don't let the bed bugs bite and how that was kevin and i were and chad you were there too we were talking about it and we came up with the fact that it was victim blamey and i thought that was really funny that <laughs> that, that that that's the thing we've been telling people we've been telling people not to sleep too tight and it, we're telling them not to have a good night's sleep you need to be yeah. ever vigilant of the bugs and they were right yeah I've been, I've been meaning to tell you i think there is a a lullaby that i like more than bed bugs bite uh that i only know through dead by daylight there is a oh boy. Uh, killer called the huntress uh-huh that sings like a russian lullaby while she hunt <laughs> that's like her like sound to let you know she's close oh that's gonna be scary only thing scarier than a than a german lullaby is a russian lullaby oh is it like uh Sleep now, you black-eyed pig falls into a deep pit full of dreams. No, but I love that. Is that a real one? <laughs> yeah, that's like a that's like an Icelandic one or a Finnish one, some something like that. I I like this one because I I don't know the direct translation, but it's essentially some lullaby warning a child to not sleep too close to the edge of the bed, or a wolf will bite them and drag them off into the woods. <laughs> wow, that's a good lesson. Which which feels more like real advice than bed bug yeah. bite. Well, at least that is like, don't like, I mean, p- position your body, but body positioning, something we're uh, very aware of in video games uh, is, yeah. you know, <laughs> keep it in the center, center, keep it in the center of the bed. That Protect is, your hitbox. That's something you can do, but sl- don't sleep too tight. I mean, you know, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just, am I, am I like, <laughs> is this like a Freddy situation? Am I like supposed to be like not sleeping? Just don't sleep ever. You know, that one has good advice. The, the one that you had, Chad. I thought I had good. Yeah, advice. I think I think it's more practical, more advice practical. even in this modern yeah. day. Um, Paul, welcome back. By the way, from the from the death realm that you were last episode, I had to claw my way. I was going to ask what the real reason I wasn't <laughs> quote unquote real reason was. I was wasn't here. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Paul. I killed you. I, I <laughs> what happened? Why did you kill me? I mean, I died, so like I didn't get to ask. Well, we out of respect uh, and in mourning, we didn't go too deep into the reason. Oh, okay, that's fair. You didn't speak ill. Of I didn't dead. want to be like, "Taha, he's fighting the bugs, and the bugs got him." Because maybe that'll that would have happened. I could, you know, I almost succumbed to them for sure. Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, I wanted to help you out with the bug situation, and I just AOE'd your house, and you were caught, and you, you were caught standing in the in the purple. The and, number uh, of times that I've AOE'd you in Deep Rock Galactic, <laughs> I think you owed me one, Kevin. <laughs> I have never AOE'd anyone with my my frost gun in Deep Rock Galactic. No one has ever been. <laughs> no, no, never. No, never with never, your drills either. Never happened. No. But I'm back. I have survived. My spirit has been rezzed. It's good to have you back, Paul. I'll never let them bite again. Can I ask you a personal question? Did you did you guys like go through kind of an audit of who you've had let into your life and be like, who gave us the bed bugs? Oh, of course. Yeah, you have to think of every every possible vector that they could have used to get into the home for sure. Paul, I I know you like to go around Philly and find discarded mattresses and just kind of <laughs> roll on them. 
Do you think that might have led to it? Alley jumps? Yeah, that's what I love to do. That's one of my favorite a- yeah. weekend activities. Yeah, yeah. Is that when you jump from a building onto a mattress? Yeah, you below? go do a little alley jump and you jump out yeah. of a window. Yeah, at the end, I'm still going to do it. I'm not going to stop. No, I'm no. Gonna, I blame this is on somebody else. Uh, yeah. As someone who has been victim blamed, now I will blame <laughs> others. I must pass the blame on. That's how it works, man. It's how a fucking endless cycle. You know what else is an endless cycle? <laughs> the, the trilogy cycle. <laughs> the trilogy great cycle. job. Great. The trip. eternal love of the trilogy. Uh, may Carl watch over all of us. Bless. That's right. We are. Bless Carl. We are covering this. Oh, by the way, welcome to Goosebuds. Hello. Welcome to Goosebuds. I'm Chad. I'm Kevin. I'm Paul. And uh, we, maybe by, someone recommended this on our subreddit that yeah. we check out. Yeah, let me go find who it was so we can give him. Yeah, find out who we track need to him blame. down. Um, for <laughs> I had somehow never seen or heard of these episodes. Me either. Three epi- a, a three set episode series on the mm-hmm. Goosebumps TV show called the Trilogy mm-hmm. that is not based on anything from the books. Nope. Arl Stein's name on is on it only in Goosebumps alone. Uh, this is an original tale told on the TV series. A beautiful original tale posted on our subreddit by Nate Guerra, uh, who posted, what can we do? And asked <laughs> anything to get the boys to converse about the Carlsville trilogy. That's all you had to do, Nate. You just posted yeah. about it and it worked. Yeah. Your wish is granted. Congrats. Uh, this is my first uh, Goosebuds TV show episode. <gasps> no way. Really? Yeah. How did that happen? Wow. wow. How did we do that? We didn't do it last year. We've, we've watched a few other ones and we watched like, I mean, I guess like there's been kind of offshoots by the way, like Strain Peas mm-hmm. and yep. ones where they're like based off short stories and then yep. they are adapted a little bit. This is a fully original. I thought they did a good job of capturing the Goosebumps vibe. Oh yeah. Sure. You could have fooled me that R.L. Stein had no uh, impact on this one because <laughs> you have everything. You have kids with one trait. Uh-huh. That is their fatal flaw is their only trait. Yeah, kids kids with only one trait and it's a fatal flaw and they never learn anything and what they do doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing. Let's get this out of the way. Nothing in this thing matters. Nothing. <laughs> no, no. Nothing. They, these kids have zero agency over the things that happen to them. <laughs> they have zero agency uh, and the enemy, the villain, the antagonist, I, when we get to their motivation, it's just pure nihilism. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out Daniel Cash, who plays uh, Carl in all three yes. episodes. Daniel Cash, who was Private Spunkmeyer in Aliens. Yep. Yep. And he's been, I was looking through his IMDb, this, this Daniel Cash gets fucking work. This dude works. He's yeah. uh, he's on Star Trek Discovery as well. Oh, I saw that. Is he- oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. I wonder, who's he playing on Discovery? Oh. This is on Discovery. He's like a cool, um, like dinosaur smuggler. Alien. Yeah, he's like a triceratops smuggler lord guy. Cool. What? Uh, oh man, that's cool. And and he's also on Star Trek Discovery out of makeup as some guy in an episode I haven't seen yet because I only kind of watch Discovery when my roommate's watching it. But I loved him <laughs> as the smuggler alien lord dude. He's fucking awesome. He kind of looks like the Satan from Legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same from Legend, a little bit of uh, the dude from Nip Tuck. He's also got that sexy look when he's when he's that smuggler alien. Like he's got all right. Let's eyes. say yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say Carl's Carl's pretty sexy in this. Uh, Carl oh, is yes. cool. Carl is cool, filled with r- unbelievably ridiculous lines. Yes, and he's into he's into it. Daniel Cash 
is in 100%. He gives us a cavalcade of characters. I, I immediately looked up his IMDb because I wanted to know, like, this is one of those guys. This is like this is like Artie from Pete and Pete, where we look him up like that's Toby Huss, who's like done Shakespeare. Yeah. Right. This is like this is an actor who 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 has put in the work and time and he accepted this role. Like, you're telling me I get to play not just Carl from Carlsville. Mm-hmm. I get to play like 15 personas. I'm on board. It's a tour de force. It's a true <laughs> tour de force. It's un- seriously incredible. Like there's like it, it starts out and when you first meet Carl in the first episode, mm, yeah. you're like, I'm on board with this guy. He's hilarious. He's dropping these ridiculous lines again, like these the opening line to this to this show, to this series mm. of of episodes is Carlsville is open. Time to play. And then this, and then an incredible music sting happens, which is actually scary. Can we put it in the episode? Can we put it into the episode, maybe? Carlsville is open. Time to play. It definitely was written for this show. I guarantee you the music, the song Money has never been played. Oh my God, I love Money. Money was, I need Money is so good. Like, okay, all the music in these episodes is actually really, really good. It's got, there's a music. Okay, am I taking crazy No, 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 Chad, the I need Money is not good, but the the actual, like, the incidental music is good. Kevin, it is good. I I need Money is funny. I, I find that good. But also, like, the, the background music, I think, is uh, phenomenal in this. It has notes of, it, like, almost has, like, John Carpenter notes to it. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> are you, are you, do you not agree, Chad? Please tell me you agree. I guess I need to re-listen to just the music. I, you know what? The music's doing a lot of work because these trilogy episodes are swinging and 180 into different directions constantly, and the music has to... To do a lot of heavy lifting yeah. for tone. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it is a bunch of kid actors walking around on one street. Oh, these ki- these yep. kids are resilient as hell. The, <laughs> the the way that they overcome the crazy events that occur to them within an instant. Yeah. I'm with you, Chad. They're like they are shifting gears from like being a child to being a child trapped in a miniature town so quickly. Uh, first girl, first girl goes from like, oh no, I have been sucked into a miniature town, mm-hmm. a la kind of that idea in Beetlejuice, but Beetlejuice had more thought to it. And yeah. then tension, scary music. Where uh-huh. am I now? Oh, my new best friend Carl. Who's Carl? I'm a savvy business person. Let's make a deal. Cut to. I love money. I'll show you a good time. Money, money, money. You mean when Carl? Money, in, money, you money. mean when Carl introduces himself on the phone and says Carl, but my friends call me Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carl rules. He's got a lot of slappy energy to him. Yes. Yeah. Big chaos I, energy. I was thinking about that while I was watching this. We've talked on the podcast before that. Goosebumps, for all of its legacy, doesn't have too many like iconic antagonists. Right, you have right. Slappy, you have Curly, the mascot that's Who never wasn't in anything in, better it, than the book covers. Yeah, Curly and, was like, never in anything, right? Never in. A, yeah, and then yeah. maybe like I don't know the the hamster from Monster Blood, like, mm-hmm. like whatever. So Carl represents what could be a really needed thing for this series of kind of a very like charismatic, yeah, antagonist. Uh, uh, There's nothing to say. 
that this isn't a prequel, this, that this Carl isn't the Satan of this world, a la the Bible conversation we had earlier, mm-hmm. and that he yeah. wasn't birthed in this non-canonical uh, trilogy and then was the person who created all of the chaos in the later uh, books of the Goosebumps series. There's nothing that, that says that isn't true. I, I had so many questions on what Carl was. I mean, we're going to talk about all three episodes and we're going to try and get to the bottom of that. But I don't think there's an answer for you, Chad. I'm sorry. No, there's definitely not. I don't think the writers knew <laughs> no. what Carl was. Let's let's set down the let's set down the the play place for the trilogy. Can we, before we go into the series, can we talk about just real quick the just the uh, we did talk about the fact that this is a trilogy for the TV show only, uh, not based on any books. No, written by two series. Uh, I looked them up. Billy Brown and Dan Angel uh, were series writers. They were like they wrote on all. They've written on the show. So they're very well versed in the RL in the RL canon, uh, and they've also written in all the new stuff as well. Like they've written in uh, 2015, the uh, show that came out back in, in 2015. They've also written for. Yeah, these two dudes don't seem like they're writing partners, but they've both worked a lot on uh, kids horror. Uh, I mean, one of them was like an uh, SNL writer in the 80s. These are yes. like wow. two dudes who do comedy horror, probably more leaning into comedy than horror. Yeah. It, and I think this is there are some actual scary moments in these three episodes, but I think this one definitely just the, the with Carl's like puns, Carl's lines of incredible bravado, which make no almost mm-hmm. no sense are 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 funny. I think it's a he's a funny character and it's very it's strange. It's wild. Chad, I you said I don't know that I could make sense of these episodes. And I want to say off the top that I also could not. But. Within the first five minutes of this first episode, Squeal of Fortune, I chose to give myself to the episodes. There's not a lot going on in these episodes, really. Like, we don't have to spend a ton of time on plot, I don't think. <laughs> I, 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 I am thinking about how in our holy trilogy, in this yes. religion that we are... By the way, we need to come back and revisit the Ice Church at some point, because I think Ice Church has legs. Oh, yeah. Ice we, Church. Ice Church. Uh, there's something here. You just said, Paul, of like, just, just give yourself up to it. Just let go, let God mm. with the Holy Trilogy. And this is a story about getting sucked into a model town. I do. Yeah. It's a model town. Okay. So, uh, there we're, we're introduced to our three characters, right? Yeah. Jess, who is a Wall Street Bets. Her, she is 100% <laughs> Wall Street Bets. It's incredible. Her room. Yeah. Oh. It gets the point across. I'll tell you that much. She even has. she. Yeah, I, I immediately thought Wall Street's best. When you go into her room, she has binders of like high risk, medium risk, low risk investments. She has cu- uh, well-labeled drawers of coins, jewels, jewels, and, and cards. I love the I love the Batman labels on everything, like the like the big white label that says jewels yeah. on it. And yeah, the it's fucking great. She needs to be able to to access them immediately. Every second wasted is profit. Oh my god! Yeah. And she's got her computer up, which has a live animated three D graphics of the of the markets going on them, which yeah. don't even exist now. The, the they still use line charts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and also the most Wall Street bets thing, she's got pictures of big apes on her wall. <laughs> <laughs> Does she? Yeah. She has like a big old gorilla poster over bed. She predicted the apes together strong, whole diamond hands, 
this girl is a fucking killer. She's got a proto NFT on her wall, like a fucking asshole. <laughs> and the, the whole point of the whole point of her story is that she's a fucking asshole. Yes, she shakes her fucking brother down with a vig. She says she's yeah. like the market's closed at this percentage, so I'm gonna tack on a three percent. And you better bet that that fucking doubles every day, Sam. You did not. Not only that, that is for. Her brother who's saying, hey, we should get our parents something for, I don't know, it was like birthday or Mother's Day or whatever. Anniversary. Her, their anniversary. And he puts it in terms she can understand. He's like, I got, he's like, I'm got. i going to get him a frame. It's silver. We'll be able to resell it, Jessica. And she's like, I'll only, I will only loan you the money. I will not chip in anything for the gift for our parents. She fucking kind of sucks. Yeah, she's the worst. Um, and the, the first thing we see her do is essentially swindle. The, our other two characters, uh, Matthew and Todd Erickson, out of a $2 baseball card, she gets it for a dollar for reasons? Well, the beginning of the scene's very confusing. First, we're given an inf- information about Todd. We're given information about Todd that I don't know is relevant in that he likes to eat donuts while holding va- valuable, quote-unquote, valuable cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what information that imparted on us about. Because Todd's Todd's fatal flaw is that he loves to gamble, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also, Todd's donut is full of ketchup or whatever. Like, what, yeah. What, when he bites the donut, and there's that splat. It's like clearly someone has like a squeezy thing full of maybe ketchup. Oh, maybe ketchup. They couldn't. They couldn't get another jelly donut on set that day for the effect of dropping it on. God the forbid we buy a can of a, a jar of Welch's. You know, like we yeah. could, we could have done something here, but they, they used ketchup. Guys, this whole this whole. S- a series of episodes, I both impressed and they were cutting corners. They were cutting corners, but I felt like there was money in there still. Like they like the CG budget. The <laughs> they CG put bu- all their money the CG. in the fake signs for stores. Oh my like, god, dude. they put all their money. Hold on, I had to write down the one sign which was uh little toys for brats, I think. Yeah. <laughs> little brats toy store. That's what it was. Yep. Uh little gr- toys for brats. Little toys for brats. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh he spill he spills raspberry ketchup on on the Cal Ripken Jr. Car- rookie card, which then introduces us to Matthew, who we find out is a card connoisseur and a baseball fan, a big baseball fan. And they talked about Cal Ripken, which just took me back. But anyways, uh, he he hides the cards, and in my mind, so the way I read that instantly is like what we're supposed to read it. He sees Jessica coming. He goes, Jessica Walters. My mind, my mind instantly goes to, he's got a crush on Jessica Walters. He's afraid of her seeing the cards because she's going to be a card dork. Nope. She's big business and she's going to swindle that out of the card. Because the way she's going to do it is she's going to, she, she's, she's smart. She's wily. Jessica's a wily one. She, she goes, she knows the cards are there. Right. She's like, got any cards for sale? No, Jessica, no cards for sale. How about I buy the desk and everything in it, Matthew? And then she, you know, she works, she works her magic. He admits that this, the cards are there. And then she swindles them out of the cards somehow for reasons, like Kevin said, for reasons. No, she didn't make a compelling art. I, no. I kept, I kept watching it going like, so this is, again, I think a Cal Ripken rookie card is actually worth something. Like Without that's, a doubt. that's something. And they want, they wanted, I think they offered for two. She says one. And then because I guess no one else is, this is a yard sale, by the way. Like you're not going to like flip that card for money. This is, this is Todd and Matthew at a yard sale that their family is, is having. And their yeah. father is very rich, which we find out later. <laughs> <laughs> well, is he? 
Is he? Maybe that was a maybe that was a lie. Uh, that was a convenient lie. The reason she gets the card for a dollar is okay. because they can't break a twenty. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's why it happened. Because she does offer him twenty dollars for the desk to his, to the mom. Yeah. And we all know that if you can't break it, you have to you have to accept whatever money you can you can take from them, right? Also, yeah. if you buy something, you automatically own everything else that is in it. It's a yeah. These are little known but very important flea market facts. So if you take these to a flea market, you will get deals. This girl is a hustler. Yeah. And she has acquired the Cal Ripken card, uh, goes back, and I believe was it was it discovered in the trash as well? No, no, uh, it's a, the I, town. I think we're supposed to assume that they just moved into this house. Yeah. Right, right. I, that's true. Because, yeah, she is, after she said her brother, I will give you no money other than a high advanced loan. Mm-hmm. I care nothing for my family. I only care about diamond hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her, she and is told by her mom to go clean the attic. Mm-hmm. And Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that ball. Um, yeah, so she sent upstairs to clean the attic, even though there's no profit in it. Because <laughs> um, she's basically a Ferengi. <laughs> well, actually, there is some profit. There is some. Profit. Oh my god, she is. She fucking is. Wow. And there's a connection. She used to the, the rules of acquisition to talk about. <laughs> <of that. laughs> well, she uses a rule of acquisition because well, her mom uses one against her, which is that she will take yeah. the 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 money from her her allowance and give it to her her brother, mm-hmm. who will waste it. So she is she is connived into doing this with money. Mm-hmm. Well, that's this not profit. That's just avoiding like, a loss, right? Uh, sure, yeah, fair, fair, fair. There's an intro. There's a little moment where, like, you see the the brother arguing with her of like, she's like, "What do you just you waste your money on like on toys and games and why?" He's like, "Cause it's fun." And then like you think this, oh, that's going to be kind of what the theme of the episode is about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge versus Bob Cratchit. None of that matters. Yep. None of this comes into play in any way other than her getting punished, I guess, at the end. So she goes upstairs. Uh, she finds a miniature town. And there's cool um, shots here. There are cool shots with the miniature town in the foreground. And the, I think they don't look real, but it's kind of fun in a like in like a really like stylized way. Yeah. In a in a film school student project kind of way like this, like. This episode has a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel. for Canadian mm-hmm. local TV, they're cheating a lot of like, oh, this will make it look like she's where the camera's down on the little miniature town, right. looking up at her giant head. Right, yeah. the miniature town, which notably does not have figures of anyone in it. Right, no. like we look at the town all the time, and there's never like little people in there. But sometimes there are. But, we but just sometimes there are. But whatever. <laughs> anyway it doesn't matter but it matters her phone rings uh or so she thinks but it's actually the little phone in the town and when she picks it up uh she's transported into carlsville <laughs> and carlsville by the way um maybe just they didn't get a chance to explore the residential parts of cars carlsville Carlsville seems to be a baseball field and some ironworks. <laughs> yeah, it's Twin Peaks and Field of Dreams smashed together. I remember watching this going, I would love to see what David Lynch does with this this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but at the end, there's like a remix of the Goosebumps song, which I don't think is the the normal ending. I think they would just reuse the classic Goosebumps theme for the credits. Maybe I'm mm. wrong, but there was like a re-edit and it was cool of the theme song. And there's like some Lynchian uh, spark electric noises in it that that, I, that were giving me some some serious Lynch vibes at the end there. 
As someone who's never seen a single David Lynch thing, I'm kind of assuming the whole Lemonade sequence is what a David Lynch movie is like. Well, I think two and three are have bigger Lynch vibes for sure. I, anything, uh, yeah, anything that's got like that hyper heightened reality, heightened reality vibe. Yeah, definitely. So, what's her name? Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Hug and Kiss. What's her name? <laughs> Jessica Walters. Jessica Walters. You're sounding like Carl uh, here because she he's like Jessica, Jessica Walters, whatever, and he doesn't care about her. I, I love Carl. <laughs> I love Carl. By the way, small note that that actress I believe is also in another Goosebumps episode. She is. Uh, so that they just they just like the kids won't watch it. Just don't fucking care. You're in this one now too. You're a different character. Um, she she is pretty down to clown immediately. There's about 20 seconds of her going. Wait, where am I? What what is this place? And then as soon as Carl's like, I have a business proposition. You're with me. She's like, deal. Forces shakes a hand. He hits her with this perplexing bit of uh, existentialism where she goes, how did I end up here? And he goes, who knows how they end up where they do? <laughs> it just says something something along those lines. And I was just like, damn, he got her. And then, she, and then from there on, she's like, all right, how do I make money here? And she's in. And then he takes her over to Nikki, his son uh, or something who has or the, daughter or daughter who has the best toupee I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was obsessed with Nikki because Nikki seems Nikki seems to be the only person in Carlsville besides Carl that's like aware that this is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's implied that like in the third one, we find out that every member of Carlsville is essentially kidnapped by Carl. Right. Mm-hmm. And forced to be there. Yeah, I was getting the vibe that they came from like, like I was. Most of the people had like kind of like a fifties or actually no. Well, the one lady they meet has like a fifties vibe, which feels Lynchian. Uh, she yeah, has like yeah. this like fifties like diner look, right? Like diner uh, host look. Mm. And then Nikki has like a seventies like Brady Bunch vibe going on. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. looks like an alien from the seventies. Little little Nikki, not Adam uh-huh. Sandler. Little yeah, child little, Nikki. little child Nikki. Yeah. There's another. There's another six song drop for the Lemonade because Carl. Yes, Carl I was has, gonna say Carl has his own brand. <laughs> I, and I didn't like. We didn't talk a ton about the music, but the music of of the "I Need Money" track. But I love it when they like give me some cash. There's some <laughs> great. There's some great lines in it. Uh, this one I, I didn't write down any specific lines, but there's a song about lemonade that is sung here. I wrote down the entire lyrics of the Let's Carl's Lemonade jingle, and I will read it Please. dramatically. Uh, you got it made in the shade with Carl's Lemonade. Love it. The idea here love is it. that Car- Carl's Lemonade is a good product that people want. Mm-hmm. And Jess, <laughs> Je- Jess is only given one rule: don't raise the price. Yep, just sell lemonade. Mm-hmm. And so we think Carl is supposed to be some sort of like justice figure, like tr- maybe trying to help. Right. <laughs> he says something like, "Don't I don't want to be accused of like unfair business practices." Yeah. Which, right. But, but like he also then he's he's like wearing like a snakeskin suit. Like like he's not the he's suits, not a trustworthy man. All the suits that Carl wears are incredible. Oh the suits. Oh, oh my the suits. Goodness. The many looks of Carl. Ooh, Carl Knave, I believe is his name. The many looks of Carl Knave are he's serving them up. Serving he's up got the drip. Him. He's got hella drip. He's got some like Humphrey Bogart shit going at the beginning. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. So so in this like what looks like what looks like something from uh yeah the steelworkers union this abandoned street mm-hmm. uh that is I just want to call it the set direction they were trying really hard because this is supposed to be like 
main street of Carlsville. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell that there's like a long shot down of a bunch of fake store signs, like it, the aforementioned t- toys for little brats, and there's like Chiller's ice cream. It looks like they put Toy Store signs on the set of Peaky Blinders. That's what this looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally what it is. Like, like Gangs of New York. Right. And and then to, to make these places seem like stores, because there's no doors or there's no people, mm-hmm. they just put random props around. So like, there's just like a long truck pass, like a popcorn place, a suit of armor, like whatever. Paint buckets. I think it works in, in the in, in like a, we have this one area that we're allowed to film in. Um, yes. And we need it to be surreal. But this kind of works perfectly because Carl is sort of like a a uh, like a, a business tycoon. Yeah. Uh, who like would own a town and then abandon it and let it all go to shit. Right. Like, it does feel a little bit like a Sim City house village where you just kind of like bought a bunch of stuff and then didn't really like arrange it you're like i'll get back to it right like you unlocked the paint bucket thing and you were like well i'll put the paint buckets over here whatever yeah yeah and then toys for little toys for brats can go over here sure (laughs) i I did i did feel like um it started to drag a little bit in this lemonade scene took a while it took a while to get there because so people are coming up and they are horny for this lemonade. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. And and, yeah. and Jessica, being a capitalist piece of shit, uh, instantly knows <laughs> that she can capitalize on this, uh, literally. Mm. And she, so she starts raising the price, reducing the amounts that she's pouring for them in front of the customers. They're watching yeah. her do this. There's, <laughs> they're, they're not being very subtle when they're like, when, when, and Nikki's like, how you shouldn't do that. And at one point, Jessica you know, pours, I guess, just like normal water. Yeah, she to, just cuts to it. Yeah. Dilute the lemonade. Yeah. And Nikki's like, that's that's wrong. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, do you know what lemonade stands are? Anyway, but people are the, the people lined up have no worries about this. So here's a here's a rule of improv that uh, I think this makes a little more clear, this little episode. Mm-hmm. We we all know yes and, right? Which is which is keep things moving, like build on stuff people are saying. Mm-hmm. But yes. sort of a subsect of yes and is no bargaining. Mm-hmm. Because bargaining is boring. It's right. it's delaying something that's about to happen. Being like hmm. I'll, be like, I'll give you a dollar, make it two dollars. Oh no, make it a dollar fifty like it's just we're we're delaying like the thing that's about to happen. Right. And I get that Basically, this is Jess's whole character is bargaining, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make for terribly compelling dialogue. <laughs> no, the, the the dialogue's pretty boring. There is the ridiculous scene of, uh, I don't know what it's supposed to mean, but Carl turns up a temperature cage on a light pole uh, and, oh. and makes the world turn hot, uh, which is great. Um, yep. And it, the temperature is approaching like 110 degrees, so people are going to start dying. Wet bulb syndrome is about to start happening in this world. Uh, <laughs> It gets up to 120 at the end. It's like like everyone's roasting. And yet Jess is still like in a in like a coat. Like she's still. <laughs> right. The kids clothes are are very like you, they're using them on purpose in these mm-hmm. scenes. Like I think for costuming and they they hold tight to them. Like uh, Matthew's baseball uniform uh, comes in later. And Jen and I were watching this. and She was like. He needs to take that baseball uniform off. It's disgusting that he's wearing that in bed. He worked. He had cleats in bed. He had, he cleats had his cleats on in bed. He has his cleats on in bed. It's disgusting. 
so she she's still she's she's just frenzied with with business though she's so and so are the people who want this lemonade they're wiping their brows with money they're just wiping Ooh. sweat away with their money and the it, way a morton joe gets yes. water to the people <laughs> do not become addicted to the lemonade like there is a horde of of like NPCs gathering at the only business in town to get more of this sweet lemonade that probably has cocaine in it. And and one of them gives like the most like oblivion NPC dialogue ever where he's just like in a single breath, "Good day, a little something about the whistle?" <laughs> Dude, that guy comes up right <laughs> after. He comes right right up and that's it's as soon as it, it, like, as soon as this is where Jessica gets the idea, right? She's like, "Oh, they're all just NPCs. I can take advantage of them." And yeah. that's when she starts raising the money. <laughs> so she breaks she breaks Carl's rule and she raises the prices and she cuts the lemonade with water and she like serves less lemonade per cup, mm-hmm. like all trying to squeeze as much money out of this as possible. Mhm. I don't know why she does this because it's really not a good business tactic. Mm-hmm. She Yeah, what was that all about? Yeah, you're right. You're right. What's coming up? Yeah, I'm sorry. She she pretends they're all out of lemonade when they have like one pitcher left. Which and... like you were gonna get there, Jessica. It was gonna happen. You could you would have had this moment literally <laughs> There are there are like fifty people and many extras as they could get hammering for lemonade in this back end out alley. No need to manufacture demand here. Demand is happening. <laughs> And the extras are doing work in this. Episode. Oh yeah, yes. they're actually really good. Um, but she she starts to auction off the quote unquote last cup of lemonade to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And when the crowd surges forward to collect the lemonade, uh, either she or Nikki accidentally knocks the the pitcher over, and the crowd turns on them. And how how exactly is she turned into a pig? Does I Carl don't do know. It? I think Carl. Yeah, I think Carl shows up and realizes he's always known what she was going to do, and he he basically curses her. He thinners her, uh, yeah. and into a <laughs> into a pig. He he pigs her, but like in the least, I would say, a least interesting way possible. Where he early on just said you wouldn't want to be a greedy little piggy, which is the only time that's mentioned, mm-hmm. and then. It's just because she's greedy, she transforms into a pig uh, with a pig face and pig hands. The CG's not great here, but I no. will say, <laughs> no. I will say though that the costuming was cool. The yes. actual makeup was cool. Horrifying. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- yes. That definitely. seemed to be the actual actress. I was trying to tell if that was like a, a stunt double because like at some point it's like mm-hmm. you don't need to have the kid wear that makeup. That is unrecognizable as a person. <laughs> that could be a stunt actor <laughs> at this point. Because she takes the spill uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she, and, she takes a digger right into some mud. Right into some mud. Uh, into the into the Carsville mud pit, which we see a couple times throughout the episode. Yeah. So. The comrades of Carlsville have unionized and they're now driving out the capitalist oppressor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and screaming, get the pig. Car- well, because Carl says pig goes great with lemonade. I don't think it does. Like chicken and lemon is more of a combination. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe barbecue. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I, I haven't had Carlsville sweet and sour Car- pork yet. They're, so. they're vinegar. <laughs> they're they're vinegary, vinegary barbecue that they have in Carlsville. <laughs> Carl Carl hits us with another great pun here. You said after she takes the digger in the mud and says, "You hogged the profits." Carl is the pun king. Carl is the best. Carl is killing it in this episode. Yeah, I love Carl in this episode. What is Carl's end game? No clue. Like 
No clue. Like, we it's revealed in episode three, but like following through. So this is, if I may, half diatribe on me being upset about this twenty year old piece of media. Uh, Carl is definitely doing Faustian bargains, I guess. Yeah, but like, but not really. It's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly. Child gets randomly sucked into thing by just proximity. Yeah. Like when, when Jessica answers the call, it's not a, hey, would you like to come make some money? And she says, yeah. She literally just picks up the phone and gets sucked in. Right. So she's trapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, with, same with the other boys. Yeah. And Carl's a, a living monkey's paw where he's just like, here's why you should never want anything. <laughs> right. Do not, <laughs> do not strive. Do not strive for a thing. <laughs> He's he's essentially like punishing them in these in these stories, but and while Jessica has oh I got I got you it. know I yeah. got it I got it he's these are the three the three fallacies of youth and one is that <laughs> one yep. is that through hard work and determination you will become you will pull yourself up by your bootstraps and become rich Jessica false okay yeah two is that. You will become a great sports star. That you're destined to be a, a sports star. No, you're special. You are special. special. The odds when are you're yeah. ten. Everyone's going to play for the NBA. Nope. Yeah. And the odds are against you. Nope. Last one. Lottery. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So the three the three things they're destro- they're saying are uh, hard work doesn't exist. Uh, you're not special, and you certainly aren't lucky. Yep. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's a dark, dark. Dank tail. Yeah. How does she get out? Well, yeah. She. I. I thought this was kind of like another one of. Oh, Jessica didn't really do much to to get there, but she she is being chased by the horde, including a butcher, implying that they are going to literally eat the rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, she is clutching her her garbage pail, kids lunchbox filled with money. Uh-huh. Uh, ha- halfway through the chase down the same street, she throws all the money out at them, which should seem like a a moment of like growth that she gave up the thing that she wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't really buy her any time other than gives her a few seconds to find the phone box. Mm -hmm. She's like, Oh, I'll call my way out. I'll call 911. She tries to call 911, which answers. (laughs) Someone answers and says, sorry, 911's not in service anymore. Only, I'm just here just to tell you that it's not in service. Goodbye. It's Carl. <laughs> Carl Carl picks up the phone. Oh, is it Carl that, that says that? If, I didn't it, realize if it. it had cut to Carl in a policeman uniform going, ah, oh, too busy, can't get down there. Amazing. <laughs> this would suddenly be my favorite. No time episode. for pigs. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Of, of course she calls the cops. She's a pig. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> if she had said, like, oh, I've been turned into a pig, and he's busy, he's like, oh, excuse me, and he hangs up. Fantastic. Would have been great. But, yeah, I got you. I got so, you. That would have been cool. <laughs> gets a gets an answered received message. Then I thought this was a strange beat. Looks to the top of the phone booth where there's like a you should always call home. Oh, I missed that part. I think I was writing down the nine eleven or the nine one one part, and and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I missed the, I missed this line. I didn't even see this. There's yeah. just kind of like fake moments of like solving something that doesn't go anywhere. Of like her like and she calls home and no one answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that 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 was a nothing burger that did nothing. And then and then she's like, oh, I can call my cell phone. The, yeah. the cell phone I had for my when I had to call Wall Street and mm-hmm. she calls her cell phone and her little brother who I assume is named Stinko. Uh, <laughs> Little Stinko comes by. And saves her by answering the phone. Yeah, he answers the phone, which pulls her out of the cardboard 
uh, little town dimension. The rules and mechanics for how you get in and out of this world are shifting constantly. Just like this world and 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 the physics of the of the miniature world, everything is changing constantly. And Stinko's like, "This is such a cool little town. What, <laughs> what, what, why don't you give it to me?" And she's like, "How about I give you fifty bucks to shut the fuck up and we never talk about this again?" And they leave it on the curb. Yeah, they go and take it out to the trash. They take it out yeah. to the trash, and then Todd and, and Matthew are doing their light their late night trash scounging, which they always do, <laughs> where they where they stumble upon the wonderful town of Carlsville, the miniature town of Carlsville, and that, horny for a deal, they take it. I just want to call out: there's uh, these kids in these stories because they need to are all fascinated with this model town. Yeah. This is not a good looking model town. Not not to not to knock the set designer. It also it also seems like they to be to to their credit, it seems like they found the locations of where they're going to shoot and then built a town around. Oh, without it. a like, doubt, yeah. The, the the Peaky Blinders like docks are are in the set. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's cool they built it to it. Um but there's just like it just looks like a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why all these kids are like, hot damn, can't wait to take up my entire bedroom by putting this in here. <laughs> if I were a kid in this time and I found that, I would have been like, cool, I'm halfway to Wargaming. I'm halfway to Wargaming. That's what I would have thought and I would yeah, have definitely I guess, been. <laughs> the, the turn of the third episode being Todd like putting his, his Warhammer 40,000 figurines in the town mm-hmm. and then that- Carl having to fight them would be amazing. That would be cool if, like, if you put, like, a, a toy in there, if it became real, that would be a cool ter- turn of. Hell yeah. Actually, well, it kind of does. They do kind of do that in the in this with the third episode, that things in the real world do become yes. objects. In the, All right. In well, the... well, let's let's get through the second episode. Yeah. Uh, which focuses well, hold, hold on. on. Hold on. So sorry. Can we just talk about the, the bookends of these episodes? Show us, show us, Tiny Carl. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Carl. And whenever you see, so Carl, when we see him normally, is a is a handsome actor with a clean, uh, regular skinned face. But anytime we see him in one of the bookends, he is Plasto Carl. And he what has, the fuck are you guys talking about? I never saw him. He in the beginning and the what? end. In the beginning and the end, Kevin, they show him. The first part is the great line of. Carlsville is open, time to play. And in that okay. scene, he has open up the episode and look at it. He has plastic face in that in that scene. Yeah, he's all he's even doing like kind of like mannequin poses. Like he's he is in that moment, and it's shot like on the little miniature set. There is a little tiny Carl. Like Kevin said earlier, I think the story wants us to assume that like there are little miniature miniature you know log uh like lego men mm-hmm. walking around we just can't do that and the budget couldn't pull that off but close up while while the kids put while the brothers put the town on their skateboard i guess and push them home it cuts to like like plastic carl tiny looking up at them just going like this now i'm going to be mean no more mr <laughs> nice guy and he and he's popping and locking and it is bizarre i have no memory of this yeah he's plastic faced he's got the like shiny pla- he's got the face of the people the third I, episode i believe you i just i must have been looking down at my notes too it's a quick scene and i gotta say with the quality that we watch these in not great no this episode series is it was too big for what i think the production could pull off they mm-hmm. are constantly trying some stuff they're doing the best they can, so I don't want to be too hard on them. But there are things of like, well, sometimes they're plastic, and then sometimes in some shots they're not at all. 
Sometimes in the third episode, they just have Halloween store it's, masks over them. I got to say, they really went for it. It just feels like it was like a TV movie. I think the most audacious episode is probably the second one with uh, our baseball player. Yeah, this one is definitely the Lynchian episode, yeah. I feel. This one is a strike three, you're doomed. We shift our focus to Matthew Erickson, the baseball star, except he sucks at baseball. It's pretty great. He, his mom is like... <laughs> His mom, he's he's all dressed up. He we, he loves baseball. He he's sitting in his room, getting finally you know finalized and ready to go out to his baseball game. And his mom's like, "Matthew, almost time to go." And he just goes, "Whatever," which mm. is really strange because you could tell this kid is psyched about baseball. We find out that he's not good at baseball. Uh, he's the worst player on his team. And in a pretty hilarious sequence of baseball playing, it, some some events unfold that I think were. Just incredible. The coach wants to keep him benched because it's bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, whatever. Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, 4-1 score. Next batter's up, uh, can can win this game for the for the uh for Matt's team, which should have been called the Money Pigs, but they weren't called that. Um <laughs> they were called the Tigers. Love that. Matthew's father while, interrupts the game, runs up to the pauses the game, pause the game, a, a parent announcement. And he goes up to the coach and says, the rules clearly state that all boys must play at least one game each season. And the coach uh, is like, I got to fucking do it. This sucks. I, of course, I got to do it. I thought it was the rival. I thought it was the rival coach. No, I thought it's, it was the it's coach the, on the other team. It's, it's, um, the rival coach points out you got to play that kid. And then his coach, our hero's coach, is like, well, we're going to lose then. Fine. <laughs> and then like, he has no faith in him. He, he, he completely undermines Matthew's confidence. He takes out his star player at the time for some reason. He doesn't just like change him out for one of the runners. He doesn't pinch runner him or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, they could have put him in outfield. But instead, you're up to bat now. And the kid that's at bat says, but I'm the star. Who yeah. knows he's the star of the team? You're uh, not the star. You're the ace. You're the ace. Uh, he takes out the star. Jen made a hilarious point, which is at any point, this coach is a terrible coach. He, he does some really bad coaching in the next thing that I'll get to. But Jim made a great point. At any point in the season, if he knew about this this rule of every player must play at one point, this team is in the championship. They probably had a game where they fucking routed somebody. Get this guy in as a pinch hitter during one of those routes. You're done. Matthew's off for the rest of the season. That's a that's like a basic rule of uh of like little league sports, though. What's that? Like everyone everyone has to have a turn up at bat. Like, oh, right, right, right. They're, yeah. They're, there's a lot of inconsistencies about how baseball works in this episode. I will. I will. Well, say. then, well, uh, it, to, once to, we get once we get to the chaos dimension, yeah, the chaos dimension is great. Um, <laughs> but but I, his teammates I, are kind of supportive of him. I really like that uh, they they like kind of give him a pat on the back when he's like leaving. Yeah, when he fails. Yeah, definitely. I did like the coach's coaching after this when he when he removes the star. He goes up to Matthew, who has to go in and bat. Who's all pressures on Matt to win this game, right? He goes mm -hmm. up to him and he goes. Close your eyes. Maybe you'll get a hit. So much for coaching, because one, undermined his confidence further. Right? He's already done yeah. it once. Second, the whole keep your eye on the ball. That's like the number one rule of baseball. And he tells him to do the opposite of that. It, it seems like when he tries to do baseball, he's very bad at it. Okay, so, so maybe he's thinking it's a Zenitsu situation. I would at least tell Fall a asleep. kid to keep your eyes open. Uh, or if you want to be a real hard ass, just be like, lean into it. Get a walk. Yeah, get hit with a, a pitch. Hit, take a ball. Keep the fucking rally going, baby. Get us a run. Get us a free run. 
<laughs> Try to bunt every time. Can you bunt? Can you please bunt for us? Bunt it with your body. <laughs> Matthew loses the game. Matthew. Matthew loses the game. He gets a he gets a speech from his dad. Uh, who tries his best. I thought it was sweet how his dad like tries to cheer him up. He's yeah, like, you're good at other things. Like baseball's not everything. A dad saying baseball's not everything. I could not relate to. <laughs> I liked I liked uh, Mr. Erickson. I thought he was a good dad. Yeah, it's a sweet dad. It's a good dad. A sweet dad. He and he tries to encourage him. He doesn't even yell at him for wearing his filthy ass baseball uniform in his bed. <laughs> yeah, including his fucking cleats. Including his fucking cleats. Disgusting. Uh, you know, like he 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 gives him the he gives him the speech and everything. It, it, it seems like a nice moment. And Matt is sitting there after his dad walks out, throwing his baseball in the air. When all of a sudden, the baseball magically gets sucked into the into the model town, uh, mm. and then Matthew gets sucked into the ma- into the magic uh, model town as well uh, while looking at his baseball. And we enter Chaos Ball. Yeah. <laughs> so Carl appears and offers. Uh, Matt, the chance to play for the Carsville Crunchers. Carsville Crunchers. He's cool. He's got like a New York vibe going on here. Yeah, he's doing a little bit of an East Coast. Mm. Uh, he is both the coach and the owner and the announcer. Yeah. Uh, 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 w- Kenneth, our boy, is... Uh, Matthew. Matthew, thank you. Uh, <laughs> just taking wild guesses. I've become my father. I've become my father more and more. Um, <laughs> who's up first? You're dating. What's your name? I've been in a relationship with him with six years. Uh, um, so, it's always Kenneth with you, Dad. It's like, why is there no one else here? And Carl's like, don't worry about it. We're playing baseball. Uh, there could have been... They they couldn't get the extras there that night. That's no. how I rationalized well, it's, it. It's it's definitely like a cost saving thing, and like, but I think the director really went for it in a way that I think yeah. kind of worked with like these like creepy zoom ins on the empty bleachers, mm-hmm. <laughs> moving the bleachers, like yeah, sure. moving the bleachers. Sure. Like there were some good moments in this. Like there, <laughs> I thought it was cool and creepy too. And like, yeah, yeah obviously they probably intended to have extras that day, but maybe you know they blew their budget. Uh, on one of the other episodes and they just couldn't do it so they're like fuck it we'll buy extra costumes for uh carl and he'll play all the parts and it'll be really fucking and we'll, <laughs> and we'll yeah, have, we'll have i a... do like carl playing all the part like i that is a very appealing part of this mm-hmm. this whole series mm-hmm. of kind of this like omnipotent in carlsville god who can just jim carry the mask into whatever he needs to be in that moment right mm-hmm. yeah the amount of cuts where he's just eating something in response to the tension of the episode. Uh-huh, like the hot dog that he's constantly... Yeah. He, we never even get to see him take a bite, which is so dis- disappointing. We see him get to take a bite of a burger, and then he has some peanuts and some popcorn. That's right, he does do the... And he does a good gag with the peanuts. He eats them whole with the show. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I like the many Carl's gag. Um, mm-hmm. And the Carlsville anthem. They got thing that happens. The Carlsville anthem was that's Lynchian right there, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. that reminded me of uh, which I'm gonna call it in Blue Velvet. Um, sorry, sorry, Paul, you're the only Lynch scholar here, so if, if you yeah. don't know it, then none of us do. It's a, it's the, it's the, um, uh, it's Dean Stockwell singing Roy Orbison. Wow, it's that vibe. It's like it's like 50s mm. crooner vibe, and he's yep. on the. He's from Sliders. He is from Sliders. He's one of the. He's a, one of the greats. 
and using Carl for all these parts, I feel like it's like they knew they had Daniel Cash, right? They were like, we yeah. got it. We got a big guy. We got a guy. They, we got Spunkmeyer. They knew, they knew they had cash money. They had. And they were going to spend it. Daniel Cash money was on set. <laughs> we And we look, we got a night shoot. We got one kid. We only have so much time that we can use this kid for it. We are in Canada. There are less rules about this. But <laughs> the director kicks down the door, says, we got cash in the bank, baby. Let's fucking Let's roll. Let's spend it. And, and, and they we all know it. Canada does have a, a national law that kids have to be indoors by 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be mm-hmm. really hard to shoot this. It's going to be Whoa. very tough. <laughs> so they 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 cashed it in. They cashed in the check. They cashed the check. <laughs> Uh, and and it, it, he kills it. He kills it. He does the check out to cash. Make the check out to cash. <laughs> he croons the anthem. He we have a game of Ghost Man, a literal game of Ghost Man that's played. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. It's just an incredible sequence. Uh, Matthew has to go up to bat, and he has to face Pitchbot. <laughs> Rising out of the ground is a giant sentient pitching machine. It comes out of the ground like one of the buildings in Evangelion, which yes. I know is a joke <laughs> <laughs> that I would make. <laughs> but it, that's all I could think of when I saw this obelisk erupt. Yeah, and the, the music ground. was like <laughs> Shinji, get in the get in the Carlsville. Um so he he does manage to like hit hit the ball eventually because it basically stops in midair mm-hmm. for him to hit it like t-ball carl gives him a freebie he, he has two two swings and misses and then carl is like he's gonna throw a change up next time and gives him a little bit of a tip and then the ball rests in front of him line and drive goes, i can hit that <laughs> <laughs> and he does i i i just want to point out again that it is no point has the child like agreed to any sort of like deal with the devil? He, no. Carl just said, "I've kidnapped you. You need to play baseball." And so the kid is like, "Fine." Like, no. there's no, there's no. I don't know. I don't. What does it matter? What no, there's no. Mind? There is no. <laughs> just there's no motivation being told to you yet. You're just along again. You're along for the ride. You you yeah. You set yeah. your you send yourself up to you give yourself up to the to the beauty of this of the episodes in these. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, give yourself up to Carl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, this whole thing has a vibe of like we have what we have, and we have a weekend, and uh, and, <laughs> and Mr. Cash, and uh, a few locations, and we can we can shoot it as best we can, and the digital effects team will do stuff to it later. Mm-hmm. But we just need to get this stuff done. Having made a, our, having made a show like that can totally un, I totally understand yeah. it. That's charming to me. I actually genuinely like stuff with that sort of energy because mm-hmm. I think Lord of the Rings the the movies have that energy as well. Right. Yeah. Where it, it things work out a little better in terms of uh, you know time <laughs> and and budget and and CG, but it it still has that sort of we've got what we've got and we've got to film this fucking thing so let's go right to, to to be fair i as much as i sound like i'm i'm coming down on it this is for all of its faults for all of its cracks and seams a much more interesting episode of the tv show than mm-hmm. most of them yeah agreed um, yeah. maybe because they can go weird uh, maybe the writers were a little more they had the sensibilities for live action TV or whatever. Things happen much more than just like I can't get this mask off for twenty two minutes. Like there's well, a it's, more to it. it. It's much easier, I think, to make a thing knowing that it's going to be filmed first than it is to be like, how do we film Monster Blood? 
Like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, you have to retrofit, right? Whereas this is yeah. like, this is definitely something that they wrote, and they might have done it on a tight schedule. Um, sure, and it kind of feels like that because it sort of feels like they're just like, I don't know, what are the set pieces? Okay, we got, we got, we can get a baseball field. All right, the kid plays baseball. That's gonna be where we. That's gonna be where we teach him his lesson about something. I don't know what it is, but we're going. But we we, we already booked the baseball field. We're just gonna do it. We already booked the baseball field. We got Daniel Cash. <laughs> let's, let's cash that check. <laughs> cash. I, I I don't I don't know if the the writers or directors had really considered uh, at the time about the complexities of. So when he's trying to steal from first to second, a giant lava pit will open. But they tried. I thought it, uh, look. At least there's some actual tension in this se- yes. in this sequence. Mm-hmm. The the first base runs away from Matthew as he's running towards it, uh, and that's a, a fun it little. Picks, I mean, to clarify, it levitates, levitates, and flies away. Yeah, and he's con- and he's got like a goofy chase scene with it, and then he tricks it by looking the other way and then doing a quick turnaround <laughs> uh, and gets it and lands himself safe on base one. And then baseball stops being baseball and it becomes I don't know, man. Get to the next base alive uh, is yeah. the, is what is the game we're playing. <laughs> What are the stakes? I don't know. Uh, what are the stakes? Yeah. yeah. The the uh, pitch bot 9000 turns around and starts annihilating cardboard cutouts of Matt uh-huh. <laughs> to baseballs <laughs> as he's chained to the floor. Yeah, a, a, uh, it becomes a carnival game with fat heads of Matthew uh, on yep. either side of him. <laughs> And he, uh, which at first they were just knocking over, like like they were being hit mm. by like a BB gun and falling over. And I was like, ah, oh, you could have had those things pl- fall explode apart. And then they do before it's going to shoot at Matthew, have it rip the head off of the one next to him, which I thought was good. They got to, they made yep. it a little yeah. tense. So Matt's dodging and weaving. Oh, and his feet get strapped into the base that he's on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he's stuck on this on this uh, conveyor belt. Uh, he unties his shoes. He gets away, thwarting pitch bot. Uh, I think Pitchbot surrenders <laughs> after, after to, surrenders to his Pitch cleverness. Pitchbot retires in shame. Yeah, he retires in shame uh, because you know he was out out clevered, um, and that's when the uh, abyssal pit of uh, Mordor opens up. <laughs> yeah, and he has to cross it. Great effect. I, I actually love how they like zoom in on his feet as yeah. he's walking the tightrope over the lava. It works. It shows a confidence that they're like, yeah, it's lava. You guys get it. We did this with digital effects, baby, and it works. It were at least in the uh, at least in the <laughs> low quality YouTube version for like the 480 uh, s- signal that was being sent out in 1998. This works, right? Yeah, like it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he get he gets across. He makes it just the second base, and he's like, "All right, one, well, you know, or is this the third base? I guess that he's at at this point. Uh, uh, there might have been like five bases in this one. Yeah, I don't know because yeah, what, what point at what point does the next part happen? Where this is third base to home. Third base to home. Uh, Carl, who is both his coach and also his antagonist, is like, yeah, watch for my signals. I'll give you either like the sacrifice or the. He's like, what do you like? That you like? Do you like the stretch play or the squeeze play or the sacrifice? Um, and then when he does that, uh, I don't know. I think Matthew gets confused or upset or something like that. And then for some reason he punishes him by summoning two boar players. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please uh, clarify what you mean by that? Uh, uh, we reused the makeup from episode one to create two boar players uh, because we have that that makeup artist on hand and the prosthetics, so we use them again. Uh, and we create two horrors, uh, and then they have um, what in baseball is called, uh, well, they rundown? call the rundown or the pickle, which they also reference it as, 
mm-hmm. where a player is caught between uh, third and home or whatever between two bases and the two players are throwing the ball back and forth in an effort to try and get them out. Uh, and he has to outsmart them. He's dodging and weaving. They can't stop him. And then Madball shows up. Oh, my God. This <laughs> fucking prop. That was the David Lynch thing, I assume. Right? This fucking... This, yeah, that's this a Cronenberg a thing. sticker come alive. This is Cronenberg. This is also like Lord of the Rings. This is like the fucking speaker for... <laughs> yeah, the mouth of Sauron. The mouth of Sauron. <laughs> it's, it's a true horror. A really terrifying image. Like The, the shiny wet gums really yes. sell it, I think. If I, I have as a kid had looked at when I was bored at baseball, when mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the you know when I'm sitting in the dugout hating the sport, <laughs> wish my dad didn't make me play it. Uh-huh. I have I have imagined oh the curves on the baseball the stitches would be really cool if there was like teeth there. Did you really? And that's what this is. Yeah 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 yeah. I thought I, there's something just kind of that looked like an open screaming face to me. Uh-huh. I had literally <laughs> nothing else to do other than wish I was not there. So uh, <laughs> this became a real monster in here, and I was very, very pleased by it. It's scary. And then he just kind of makes it home. <laughs> yeah, he just avoids yeah. He avoids Monster Ball, uh, and he gets home, and then Carl's mad because, I don't know, again, who knows what Carl's motivation was other than <laughs> to be... <laughs> Other than being yeah. for both for both of these it both first two episodes it doesn't seem like if Carl had succeeded that they would have ended up becoming plasticed like the third I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe maybe Jessica she's a pig and and the the villagers don't eat her and then she joins the town or something I don't know mm-hmm. and then Matt just falls asleep he just falls asleep yeah the I think the demon ball comes out of the world uh, briefly. Yeah. Briefly, yeah. And then turns maybe back to regular ball. I can't recall too well. And then, yeah, I think he just falls asleep. I think he's just exhausted from his experience. Uh, (laughs) Falls asleep in his baseball uniform again. And then I think Jessica comes in at this point. Episode two ends with Todd being sucked in. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're totally right. He does. Right, yeah. Little little brother Todd wanders in. is like, yo, whoa. It's it's actually a great uh, moment that I wrote down because I was like, how the fuck did that make any sense? Uh, Again, like, things are flying. Mm. The the plot is flying by. Matthew falls down and Jessica comes running in because she realizes that somehow that they took the model and brought into the thing where she's looking for Matthew. Oh, that's right. She comes in to talk to him about the baseball card. I think she's having a crisis of conscience. Conscience. I took that too. She yeah. she was like she must have had been scared straight. And yeah, wanted to return so, her. Yeah, her previous. Carl's deals. Carl's trickery has worked on her, and she's going to return return the card. She sees the model and she goes, "How did that get in here?" And Matthew goes, "You were sucked in too." Instantly knowing that she was sucked into it just because of her recognition of the model that he stole from in front of her house. Uh, very strange moment. They go. They're they're, <laughs> they're like, we got to get rid of this thing or something. Uh, I don't know. They leave the room. Um, and let's go have some pie. Let's have say. some pie. Yeah. They, <laughs> they decide to walk out of the room. Let's have some pie and talk about it. And yeah, they, we gotta talk. So we should obviously have some pie. Some yeah, talking pie. Talking pie. And then uh, Todd is walking by with his uh, with his uh, lottery forms that he was filling out uh, at at dinner, which I thought was a great moment where he's like, "Thousands of people play. Somebody's got to win." Uh, admitting yeah. that yeah. he admitting it that uh, you know. There's no chance that he's going to win this, but he still thinks he's going to. He still enters. He has hope that it could work out, uh, and he wins. He wins a, a lottery ticket, 
um, for Carlsville. He wins the Carlsville lottery. I, th- I think this is important. He gets physical human-sized mail. That's true. He does. <laughs> from Carl in Carlsville. Where does that mail come so, from? Carl has some way to influence the real world. I don't know. He's got a, he's got a stamps.com account. <laughs> He printed that himself in Carlsville. <laughs> yeah. They have all those giant mill buildings. So, like, you know, be good. If you saw inside the big factories, little men were making giant letters for people. Yeah, he's just got, like, a cannon printer in there. Yeah, they had a fucking town-wide effort where they all came. The town came together and crafted this <laughs> giant letter, which they mailed from, from Carlsville to Todd's house. Todd got it. <laughs> And he opens up. He's like, "Oh, I won! I won! I'm I'm the winner of Carlsville." And then he hears like I don't know carnival music coming from his brother's room. Goes in to inspect it, and uh, they suck him in. I don't know. Somehow they suck him in. He looks. At yeah. the, he looks at the model and it sucks him in. Uh, and that is where the we're deal has on. been brokered. The deal has been brokered, uh, and he's and he is in there. And to be continued. We're going to yeah. the next the next episode. And Escape from Carlsville with a cold open. With a cold open. I'm sorry. There we go. Yep. Carl shows up looking a little fashy, a little bit of a fascist look. Yeah, going Carl, on here. Carl's got like the black plastic coat on, and he's like, he rolls up in a convertible like Gary Oak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a pull. <laughs> while, while we're calling him fashy, by the way, I did notice that I think in this third episode, you see some like Carlsville logos that aren't just like company names. There seems to be like a couple doors that Carl slips into mm-hmm. where there's like, uh, a, a very like a, a serifed K with a lightning bolt going through it. And I was like, that feels a little Nazi. Right. There's yeah. a little, there's, there's something I, I thought we were going to find out like, Oh, you know, he was an old German scientist and he shrunk himself down. to the <laughs> No, you won't find any of that. But I thought that was like teasing at a bigger reveal. Chad, if he was an escape Nazi, that would have been the greatest twist. Yeah. I hit from the Neumannberg trials by shrinking myself down to a model village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were researching that during World War II, and I I was in charge of that, <laughs> and I used Hitler it. I was like, find the Holy Grail or make me small, and we got one of them right. I do love that there are little posters for the Plasto Blaster hidden around. Are there? I missed that. Oh, that's cool. The thing I picked up, I can't remember what book it was, but there were a couple signs for, for actual Goosebumps books in uh, as store signs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, what I didn't notice that either. I that's didn't write. Bad. I didn't write it down, but I noticed one. Um, yeah. So <laughs> he shows up in the. There's a. There's a. There's a parade happening. Uh, all for it's all for Todd. Uh, and Carl shows up in his Hugo Boss looking <laughs> plastic outfit. Uh, <laughs> it's all for you, Todd. It's all for you, Toddian. And he does what he loves to do the most, which is lift up children by their armpits. Yes, <laughs> dude. I made a note of that too. He does that so much. He picks up children by their armpits all the time. He pi- he picked up uh, Nikki in the first episode, mm-hmm. which was very strange. He picked up Nikki, put Nikki on a table, and introduced <laughs> Nikki to Jess. Not without like, effort either. Like. Like he could do it, but it seemed like it, that was like the 500th take. And like, yeah, he'd been, yeah, he'd been lifting this kid a lot. Uh huh. <laughs> so I think he 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 tells him like he won an award and he's going to get his prize, right? And then we cut back the, to where m- most of this episode. Okay, oh, Paul, please. This episode is is okay. This is the worst episode in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, and the wor- the worst part of this episode is the. Matthew and Jessica sequence because it's really boring. It's nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. We cut back from the parade to Jessica and Matthew. 
walking into the room being like, where'd your brother go? Oh no, his telltale lottery forms are here. He must have gotten sucked in. We yeah. and, and then for some reason, Jessica Head was paying attention to the town uh, population count, which was apparently at 100, which was now at 101. Yeah. They did not show that in the previous episodes that it goes up when either of them go in, but this is now the uh, Chad, smoking gun. To your point, I think there's a lot of stuff in this that was cut, right? Like, I think this thing was severely cut down to make Real- time. Really? I think, I, well, I mean, I, 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 th- I, I thought about that, Paul. I thought about that exact thing was were there big ideas that were cut down? And then I thought about how the walk across the lava part was like three minutes long. Right. The, the pacing in, in the second one is really weird because there's just like a solid minute of uh, Matt feeling bad and just mm-hmm. sort of like moping around his room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. Like, I think this should have been two episodes and they, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they knew it was going to be three the whole time, I guess. But like it needed a fourth episode. It needed another 20 it's, minutes. It's a really, it's, it's structurally strange because it is almost like a way to string together unconnected horror plots, mm-hmm. right? Like, Girl turns into a pig, mm-hmm. uh, demon baseball, and we're going to plastic you, mm-hmm. I guess. Plasto like, blaster. You could theoretically make those three separate Goosebumps stories. Right. But I thought it was cool that there's this like whole framing device of it all comes from Carlsville. Mm-hmm. But because of it, 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 it kind of fights against each other where you're just waiting for the next kid to get pulled in. And then like you said, you're following a lot of the other two kids uh just kind of like getting to what we already know it's going to happen yeah they're staring at this model town in their in this sequence until they get in there just looking at it now the incidental music during this sequence kicks ass it's more of that awesome <laughs> music that we were talking about at the beginning of this episode oh yeah it's it rocks and it's the only thing that carries you through these not in exciting sequences and carl and carl. carl's carl's charisma we go back and carl's like oh your prize is in this warehouse and he, he marches uh todd into the warehouse and does this ridiculous toe turn just like swivels <laughs> on his one turn on his toe <laughs> and looks off into the distance and i again daniel cash cash money baby that's cash you can keep <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to t- you, can, you can put that in the bank i'd love to talk to him about this process, about this shoot. If we could, what if, it was. If Daniel Cash, if somehow Daniel Cash hears this and would love to come on, I would love to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. He because he's doing a lot of work. Daniel Cash like, is, he good is work, carrying yeah. these three episodes. I don't think we can work around his schedule. No. I think he's too busy. He's legit. Us, he's a working actor. There's no way we're going to get Daniel Cash on the oh, show. Oh yeah. Also, I mentioned that like Jessica Walters, the actress of her, she's like in 200 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she's like she's working. Yeah, there's. Wow. They got. They had some talent in this in this episode. They had some good talent. Uh, so I, I feel like we're not really recapping it because it's kind of just telling you what you already knew for the rest of this episode. There's not a lot that happens in this episode. He takes him into the warehouse and he says, "Unveil the plasto blaster," which is a beautiful <laughs> line. <laughs> if if you go into a, a dark building with someone and adult, they say, "Unveil the plasto blaster." Watch out! <laughs> it's incredible. Th- this is almost more interesting as screenshots than it is as an actual episode. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. If you see the screenshot. That's like the YouTube thumbnail of the third. By the way, you can type anything into a YouTube search bar. That's not illegal. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, if you see like the thumbnail of like the third 
episode, it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing image of a child holding an orange, a plastic orange with plastic Barbie people behind him being terrified. Ponder like, the orange <laughs> orb. We were getting ready to watch these episodes and we typed anything we wanted into the YouTube search bar <laughs> and you can do that you can just type stuff into youtube it's not illegal it, you will not I get wanna, in trouble i want kevin i want you to do like the more you know type like promo where you just talk directly at the camera mm. <laughs> like, you can type anything we were we were getting ready to want to do this and we like found the links for the episodes and we saw that thumbnail and i think we all knew we were in for a magical event yeah yeah it looks like a sound garden music video <laughs> <laughs> So so uh, Matt and Jess sort of Mulder and Scully around very slowly yes. in the neighbor in in Carlsville, which <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot to do when Carl isn't around. So they're just kind of in empty lots, just sort of walking. That uh, that could have been scary, though. I know that they could have ha- been. They have a hard time getting in too. They figure out that if they turn the dial to the town's population counter, it will suck them in. Again, the rules are fast and loose for how you get into into Carlsville. Imagine, if you will, though, for a moment, mm-hmm. just with me, mm-hmm. if they're sneaking around, you know, behind behind the scenes, they've no clipped into Carlsville. <laughs> yes. uh, and and like because Carl, who is running all of this and is telling us that, like, he runs this town and he he makes people into plastic people to join his join the city like he is not mentally aware of manipulating the rest of the town. If they, they were like, if they were, if like Jessica and Matthew were sneaking around mm-hmm. and there's just like plastic people just like frozen in place because they're not active. Uh-huh. That could have been like really fucking creepy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. This, this, that part of the simulation isn't on right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what happens. But here's, here's something that I just realized now. If they can turn up the population counter to go into the thing, couldn't they just mm-hmm. turn down the population counter to I get thought, people uh, out of the thing? Oh, they didn't try yeah. it. You could just Shh. empty Carlsberg of all the souls that have been oh trapped there. God, over the you're years. right. You're right. <laughs> and oh. you unleash Carl into the world, but I don't think he has like powers if he's not in his build. <laughs> well, so. well, we the, the end of this episode is like, isn't that dangerous? I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just a he's just a small man. <laughs> He has the power to create a, a full-size piece of mail, at least. Well, so Carl, Carl yeah, with with the group, like, Gullivers travels, they can take down one person. <laughs> um, so there's something about that was really throwing me. I understand they're just doing what they can. We're, we're speaking actors in this, if they're part of Carlsville, like, Carl has a... I don't know, like a local beauty pageant winner that we don't know who she is or what, but she's kind of like his second in command during yeah, this Carl's episode. Bride. <laughs> bride of Carl. <laughs> bride of Carl. Uh, she's she seems like a very nice lady. Got kind of a Kesha vibe going on, mm-hmm. and but then like around her, everyone else in this laboratory and supposedly Carl built this. We don't know. Did he come from the town? I don't know. But like everyone else has these really gross, like, yeah, plastic default lipstick faces. Mm -hmm. And then they just put saran wrap over all of their clothes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it works. It's very creepy. It's very, I wouldn't want any of them touching me. No, 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 they all, they all have like this sheen about them that it's, if not like slimy, it's goopy. Yeah. I think it's it's up there in terms of each episode has a good scare in it. And I think this is this sequence is very terrifying looking. It's very uncanny. There's a great moment where Cash, a.k.a. Carl, takes a, a real apple or peach or something and bites into <laughs> it. 
and then plastifies it. And then I love how he how he shows Todd what he's doing. He bounces it off of the off of something that's in the room, catches it, and then does a cool backwards. Very, it's just slick as hell. Again, Daniel Cash. He's not really doing character swapping in this one as much as he was the second one. But Carl is wearing like the most stylish, uh, like leader of Scientology sparkling the black sparkling suit. black suit is iconic. It's so good. It's so and with the with the plastic lab coat, the mm-hmm. white plastic lab coat over the black plastic Nazi suit mm-hmm. is just it's so fucking crazy. Oh, it's beautiful stuff. Uh, the costuming was great for for Carl. Oh yeah, and the costuming was great like throughout the episodes. Like yeah, besides the fact that the kids had to wear the cleats in bed, I was on board with a lot of the costume <laughs> choices. <laughs> I mean, I get why it had to happen because he had to have cleats on when he went into the. He had to have he the cleats on so that because there's a specifically yeah. a line that Carl says, "Well, you're dressed for it," and then that's mm. why the baseball starts. So they had to have that. We we. We did we did skip over Carl's maybe best line to me of the entire trilogy mm-hmm. was when when Matthew is starting to kind of piece together like why am I even here what happened he's like well you know that's why they call it little league mm-hmm. and I was that's like that's right good, Carl. that's right that's pretty good mm-hmm. so uh, it looks like they're gonna uh, turn this little boy into uh, a plastic. Yeah, Plastiman. Plastiman. Uh, mm. There's some creepy stuff of like, you pick what color you're going to be. I assume he meant like. Yeah, there's a lot of edging going on. Tons of edging. Of a better word. <laughs> Tons of edging. Plastic edging, yeah. Oh, you mean like building up towards like, he's going to do it. He's going to plasticize this kid. Yeah. <laughs> Todd tries to lie about his father being very rich. Todd, your father's not very <laughs> Maybe he seems rich to you. You're you live a good middle class lifestyle, Todd. That's yeah. let's be real about this. Here here's the thing, Todd. Your dad's not rich, it's just the nineties. Everyone can afford Everyone's a house. rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciated that Todd was trying to get out of it at least. Yeah, oh yeah. He's he senses the edging, right? So he's like, Well, <laughs> there's a chance for me to escape this edging. So he he mm-hmm. he yeah. tries. Uh, he tries to find, he does the classic Bond, you know, like, what is this all about? Why are you trying to do this? <laughs> to which Carl reveals his motivation to us finally, three episodes into this trilogy. Which fuck is, them kids. Fuck them kids. He literally says, <laughs> it's a hobby. I'm bored. So I just do yeah. this. So I turned I turned kids to plastic. Yeah. The, the most telling thing about, I, I get you can't completely get off the origin of why Carl is here. I think that's kind of an interesting mystery that would have been fun to unravel. Yeah. But at least... Him saying it passes the time, uh, like torturing kids, specifically kids, is like, all right, well, you are trapped here. Mm-hmm. This isn't like you by choice. So there is something about it that makes him more nefarious right, in a way. Right, right. Uh, and that he wants power. Mm-hmm. He wants to build his town because he's got, he he runs Barter Town. Right. Yep. And Bullet Town and, gaz- and Guzzling Town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he gives a great line, too, right before he's about to turn on Plastic. Uh, he's, there's actually two great lines, but the one that got me really good was, I'm going to turn you plastic now and forever tiny. I think that <laughs> right there, I, one of the writers I know won a, an Emmy. I looked on the on their IMDb, and I think that, was, that line deserved one as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then Carl, we're hopping back and forth between Matthew and Jessica, like harumphing Very around town. Very slowly walking towards <laughs> Very slowly until the they plot. find the tiny door that leads into the warehouse that they go inside of. Uh, and then I love this, another great line where this is right before it's about to happen, right before he's about to turn the, turn, the plasto blaster on. He just has to let Todd know, uh, 
did I tell you this is going to hurt? And Todd says, no. And he says, well, it is. And I love yeah. at this point, he's just torturing a small child. Uh, yeah. And then Matthew and Jessica show up in the nick of time to rip the plasto blaster apart. And it is destroyed. And pulling out the plug somehow makes the electricity go explosive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're sure. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Uh, it Star Trek's out <laughs> and uh, they grab <laughs> they grab Todd and they leave, but they don't have much of a plan. And the uh, citizens start to surround them. Mm-hmm. But, but then also Carl, Carl is God here. So he's kind of just like teleporting ahead of them constantly. Yeah. yeah. Taunting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he doesn't want to touch them because that's gross. <laughs> no, they're not plastic. Yet. <laughs> yeah, they're if he impure. had been, if he had been like Carl, Carl did great, and he is clearly the the best part of this whole trilogy. Mm. If there had been some kind of like him being a like a hypochondriac or like I know what you're saying, yeah, like any and, and he wants to preserve everyone in plastic so they're they're perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd have been that'd been, that'd been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I needed a star baseball player. I needed a a savvy business person you know yeah, you like that whole thing with with cards like he could have been collecting people for his town like yes. i don't have the full set yet. yes that's what i think it, that's what it, that would have worked dang dang if we could have gone back dang, in time dang. and worked on this fuck <laughs> <laughs> um so well what a what a way for this episode to resolve um do you want to you boys want to kind of talk about Ke- our, kevin deus ex all right machine? bring us in kevin the best god from the machine ever is a literal vac. So, uh, Todd and Matt's mom is vacuuming Matt's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she absentmindedly like holds the vacuum over uh, the cardboard mm-hmm. Carlsville, mm-hmm. which sucks up a bunch of the um, I don't want to say NPCs, the Pla- villagers, pl- the plasto folk. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Isn't it terrible how like alt right people use the ruin the term NPCs? Yeah, it sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that gives that's just the distraction the kids need in order to juke Carl mm-hmm. and get out of there because they're trying to get in the vacuum. Yes. Um, so they're, they run towards the vacuum to, mm-hmm. to, and wouldn't you know it, instead of killing them outright, it just sucks them out of the, out of Carlsville. For some reason, a hundred plastic people are, are presumably captured and shattered inside the vacuum. They stay the same size. They... they stay the same size. Cause they, I think I, that gotta only assume that you, you don't change. All that it does is it shrinks down human people, but the, uh, the, the small They've been plasticized. Plastic. The plasticized, they're stuck like that. Sure, exactly. Sure, Kevin. sure, sure, sure. Uh, I do love the scene where they spit in circles with their hands in the air before they get sucked up. I think that was really funny looking. <laughs> also, also, Matt does an Indiana Jones dude, and the goes hat, back for his hat. The hat. And, and, Car- and I love Carl's reaction where he's just like, no, pounding on the ground after he misses him. Uh, yep. Great little moment. They get sucked out. They fly onto the bed with dad. Dad's <laughs> like, where the hell did you come? They get sucked out. Uh, and and uh, they think they're, they're safe. They feel like they, they did it, right? And, and then in the most like dark but rational decision ever, they burn Carlsville. They burn Carlsville. And they they're... burn Carlsville. And presumably every person, because they are like hunting through that you see them like <laughs> sorting through the buildings. There's mm-hmm. even kind of a weird cliffhanger commercial yeah. break. Uh-huh. They first start looking through them to then cut to later. They are burning them on the on the in the fireplace. Yep. Uh, 
I was confused by this moment where it, it seems like they are holding Carl's body in their hand. They won't show it. Uh-huh. Mm. Like they're they're holding something like that's got to be Carl, right? And then they point to like a, a face in the fire, a little tiny plastic face. Right. Yeah, uh, I don't really get what's going on there. Uh, so, and, and Jessica's like, wishes you well. And then, I, so I presume it's like his headless body. Oh, it could, <laughs> it could be like the Carl. Cause remember Carl could like, there were like multiple Carl's in episode two. It could be that oh. there are just many little Carl's mm-hmm. around. Okay. That That'd be like, interesting. Yeah. I could buy on like that. Yeah. Telehops and do or whatever. And as long as there's, uh, as long as there's one Carl left, then the Carl, uh, the uh, consciousness lives on. It's like it's like the it's sure. like the blood of Chucky. Yeah, you have to finish it all off. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, sure. And he just uh, we, get, we get an amazing scene where he slides out of the vacuum like whoa, and he's <laughs> and he's in plastic form here. Yeah, and then he drops out this one a fucking or no, that's why they have the killer line of the the kid says next time pick on someone your own size, and then Carl comes sliding out, gives us a a, a beautiful little face. And we know he ain't up to no good. And then, then all of the rest of the Goosebumps books are a result of of Carl's evil actions. I'm yeah. saying it here. Tiny little, tiny little Carl moving around the house like the mouse of the motorcycle, just just <laughs> causing causing chaos. And that's the trilogy, Ugh. baby. Oh, that's the trilogy. You at least one of you asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to request more episodes, yeah, more books, certain titles, mm-hmm. maybe more Gulastic book clubs, we're reading offshoot YA stuff like last episodes, Animorphs. Mm-hmm. What would be the best place to go to to both also support the show and have your voice heard? Well, probably our Discord, mm-hmm. which you can get. How would you get on to? that Discord? You can get access to by joining our Patreon, if you would like. Uh, I know that this this one was found on a subreddit, but that is like winning a lottery for Carlsville. That's the the level of <laughs> chance that that happens. If you want the best chance of having your voice heard, you need to get over to our Patreon. You need to get on our Discord, and you can make your recommendations on there. Yeah. You can also find us on Twitter, at GooseBudsPod, and you can tell us what you think of the words we said into the microphone for this episode there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, thank you for joining us for another episode of Goosebuds. And if you want to hear about Ice Church and what's going on with Ice Church, again, come join our Patreon. We have Camp Goosebuds where we're going to get into the deep rules of Ice Church. Yeah, next camp, we're definitely not going to get distracted by a random tangential topic. And we're going to talk about all about Ice Church. <laughs> we're down the rules. We're an Ice Church podcast now. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for thanks for being my friends and talking about this with me. Yeah, uh, thanks for being my friend. I'm about ready to cash out. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Cash, baby. Daniel fucking Cash out. Daniel Cash. See you guys. Till next time. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters, and they are in the Book of Names. The Book of Names, which we have randomized for this uh, particular reading. Oh, there used to be a set order to it. Maybe you could figure it out, but now it's random. You don't know where your name's going to (laughs) be. Starting with 
Ryan Carroll. Greg Musto. Limp Duck. Andre Villanueva. Hollis Hornbeak. Streak. Hey, Josh Robb. Michael McDowell. Low Belly Hate Me. Juan Jalapena. Dennis Wright. Germ Juice. Soggy Newspapers. Afshin. Daryl Flynn. Wiggle It. Man, I already didn't expect to wiggle it right there. I know, fun. the wiggle it came out of nowhere. <laughs> Justin Wagman. Peter McGregor. Something I Love Broccoli. Hey, pause for a second. I gotta get Paul off. Oh no, he got Paul off the podcast. He got Paul <laughs> off the book of names. Reed Stupendeek. Scotty Pippen. Reinfected. Tom Whittem. Lord Cornwallis. Jacob Rogers. Jover the Moon. Chris Petricus. Dakota Kemp. Thomas Jansis. Anthony Rodriguez. The Crow Feds. Matthew Stevens. Tanya Turtle. Matt Septor. Estemina, Lord of Paul's Pants. Lord over an empty realm. <laughs> oh, those pants just sit there in a void with no butts to fill them. <laughs> Jeremy Bowser. Shuddering Stefan. Yeah, yeah. Lucretia McEvil. Christian Vanskiver. Skelefella. Dr. Diarrhea. A pair of Scots. Coleman Lagusa. Brendan Arafin. John W. Mickey C. Adam Muth. Michael Kupka. Cardboard Walk. Jar Jar Slinks. Andrew Jadzik agrees UHF is better than Back to the Future. Hell yeah. Whoa. I don't know if that, had one of us said that already? I, did. I mean, I, I did. Okay. I, I guess. I guess so. Sure. Yeah, Thank you, Andrew. I know so. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Devaldi. Kumo Jackoff. Dungeon Kappa. Carewise Gamgee. Matthew Brittato. Spencer Y. Joe Regular Name Scott. Matt Skeleton. Some of Chad's bird friends. Oh. I just heard them screaming. Yay, Brickex. Bjarndeer. Flemily has BDE, Big Dwarf Energy. Mm-hmm. Cameron Hansen. Brad Schmelzer. Girthworm Jim. Wagmar Wigmir. Hey, Eric. It's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Even though you didn't expect to be in this spot, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> the randomized list is crazy right now. In all worlds and all timelines, <laughs> you're doing a great job, Eric. Maloyster. Kiwi of Lerve. Lee Wood. Kelly C. Dango Twist. Trent Davis. Robert Allen Cook III is back. Whoa! Russell Kasberg. Nathan Gurney. Jeremy Lowe. When Dragons Rule. Sarah Kemp. Dan. Evan Bowen. Levi Than. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Dr. Eggdrop Soupman. Zack Snyder. Redemption. Mike Lintary. Miguel Pardo. Calf. Ernie. Burgers Bumpy World. Ernie. Is, is that how you're doing the tildies? I love it. Yeah, I think that's how Strong Bad pronounces them. Ah, good, 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 good. Yes. You know, it's also good. Jason Crooker. Oh, Rum Daddy. Hey, Bryce Diori. Generally depressing. Aiden Alexander Dice. Cameron Murphy Audio. John Keedy. Jonas Blatterman. SSJ Trogdor. Trogdor. Henry Torbert. Jesus Christ. Gigante. Stephen Day. Brian Hobgood. Odin's underscore eyehole. Peanutburg level 69. Liam Rogers. Matthew Sutton. Ham underscore boat. Nicholas Maloney. Elusive Koala. Robert Moon. Timothy Misadalakis. Ali Safe. Serial Killer X. Calamity Carl. Lamb! <laughs> oh, got me. Jeffrey Owen Kahi. <laughs> the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Chicago Frank. Zambambino! Jackie Ledoux! Brian Wells! MC Hamster! Megan McCormick Mason! Josh Hall! Cody Redfield! Ben Bohan! Julian Lamendia! Hood Lemon! 
Ninja Bread Men. Jimmy Soul. Ryan R. Davis. Lama Lad. Meet Virginia. <laughs> Dom's Dirty Download Donger. Maddie. <laughs> Third Sergio. <laughs> Nathan Dilzall. Chump. Zang Keith. David Gray. Anne Marie. Levi Kidder. Eric K. Greg Gervasi, a.k.a. Vitizen. What's up? Hey, buddy. Mandy Nasty. David Lynch, XXX, Brend Frazier, 666. <laughs> Mel Dipson. Zach Bentley. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Scott Wabble. Chip Handsome. Moon Juice. Jonas Engman. Xavier Jimenez. Paul Grasso. Carson Birkenbean. Murph E.P. Alan Saylor. Elmrelm. Carbson. Vosivi. Alecade. Skeletorin. Danky McStanky. Drew Applegate. Kit Bush. Parker Lee. Alicia Grafe. Uncle Cool Brother. Kieran McNamara. Zach Connor. I don't know, guys. I can't think of anything witty. My name's Kevin. My dad was next to her in the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. <laughs> Tell us more stories about it through your Patreon name. I love that. <laughs> Patreon underscore donator, yo. Adam Knapp. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost. Tierney. Eric Horwitz. Brett. Mr. Unimportant. I think you're pretty important. Got little old moi, pretty French. Chad will make more paranoia shop the third. <laughs> Bradford Coulter. <laughs> Raymond Hernandez. Clay McCarty. Midwest Indigo 13. Mutant Astronaut. Tevin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Pizza Bagel Rocco. Stealth Bates. Get back in the book of names, Zentacles. You can't escape. <laughs> Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Wow, really deep in the list for once. How's it feel, Stefan? I don't know why I'm, I don't know we're bullying Stefan. Yeah, cool. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Diet Soda. Keith Halcrow. Dom Sexy Ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick. Kelsey Kinnaman. <laughs> Liam Nusenstow. Hugh Bolin. Kenny M. Adam Yagoofed. Milk Punk. Sean Minogue. Carl. Alan G. Jessam. Chick. Logan Derby. Tiffany Lee. Matt McKellen. Vincent Modica. Jonas Evan Volson. Philip Reynolds. Joey Evans. Cameron Gonzaveld. Yanni Markovina. Dakota Kipper. Patrick Reynolds. Chili Dish Gambino. 976 Evil. Luke Canoodles. Sniggy. Ishak Arafin. Nathan Remick. Dr. Chocula. <laughs> Wormtown Glenn. Benjamin Luther. I just wanted to do your voice. It was fun. I liked it. Oh, thanks, man. Likewise. Zach Weir. <laughs> Buddy Moral. Turaku, maybe. Oh. Edgar's Crassus? B! <laughs> Chris. Gregory D. Warren. Up and Champ. Chosen One. Clay Castle. Mr. Misfire. Tobias Clark. Nick Johnson. The Davy Boy is the last name in our book. Thank you all so very, very much. We love you all. Even Paul, who is in a void right now. Yeah. He'll be back soon. He's not dead. I lied. He's alive. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm. Cashmere. <laughs> Please send it on cashmere.